Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 14. Hi, hello, welcome once again, dear listener, to the Curator Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode number 14. On this episode, I have Ian and Will from the band Creeper. We'll get to that in just a second. If you listened to the previous episode with Charlie and Omar from Fightstar, you probably noticed the festival atmosphere. And by that, I mean you can hear a band playing in the background. Well, this one is kind of similar, and I'll explain just why in a moment. Creeper are a band who arrive on a major label at a time when punk music, beyond just simple pop punk, is hideously underrepresented in terms of reach, exposure, and popularity. It's really great to see a punk band of their kind, which sits explicitly right outside the more mainstream punk music whilst also sticking to this punk tradition of having a lot to say about being an outsider. Alienation has, of course, always been a huge topic in punk rock music, but it's good to see a band gain recognition for having a drive, an ethos, and a concept at its heart. Before they were in the band Creeper, Ian and Will were in a band called Our Time Down Here. I thought they were a really good band and their final album, Midnight Mass, is one that I still listen to quite regularly. My friend's band, First Step to Failure, played a few times with those guys and they were always really good fun live. So in this interview you'll hear the voice of my sound man. It's my pal Craig who came with me to Heavy for the weekend so I wasn't camping on my own. He's a great guy and he plays drums in First Step to Failure. And we recently saw Creeper when they supported Bayside earlier on in 2015. We both like Creeper a lot, so it was pretty cool to actually get a chance to interview them, just as they're about to do bigger things. So yeah, in this interview, Craig talks a lot. I mean, that's not a problem, his voice is fine, but I just thought I'd let you know about that. There's also the sounds of some beers being opened, some singing from all of us, much appreciation of Jim Steinman, my Chemical Romance, Alkaline Shio, AFI, Bouncing Souls, Danzig, Misfits, and also a band called Bangers who are from Exeter, and they're another really great band that you should check out immediately after this podcast. There's a lot of discussion on songcraft and deconstructing the band's music and influences, 
I mean, it's clear when you listen to this podcast that DIY is still a very important thing to these guys. And despite the Roadrunner Records thing, that, to me, is cool as fuck. So yeah, we were a little drunk. I do drop a hard C towards the end, but I think that's because I'm Scottish. The C word is just kind of part of our punctuation at this point. So yeah, it was great to chat with them and just to get a real insight into their creative process, which I find endlessly fascinating. The interview itself was quite impromptu. i just finished interviewing Fightstar when I turned around and there they were. I was supposed to interview them earlier on during the day, but due to some issues getting into the festival, I totally missed the slot. So I approached them and I asked them if they would mind doing the interview just now, and they said, yeah, let's fuck it, let's do it. So that's what we did. So we went to our tent, opened a few beers and had a chat. And what transpired was a 50-minute interview. I didn't even have a chance to look at my questions, but as soon as I asked that first question, the chat just rolled, and it's one of the most organic, fluid, and I think possibly one of the most fun interviews I've done so far. I'm going to open this interview up now with a song from their first EP, which you can download for free on their Bandcamp. It's called We Had a Pact. The sky was hung with brazen stars like Christmas lights on trees We hung out to till the morning came till the sun fell in on me And all of our hearts can erase Our lows in these dark calling days
Ivy Fest. It's been actually quite a nice day. How are you guys doing? Really fucking no, well. doing really, really, yeah, really good really now. Good. Yeah, everything's everything's cool. We've played, so we can just get drunk now, and it's easy. <laughs> oh, that's the hard so bit. So easy. So now it's so easy. So easy. Just kind of just just get some beers and. Um, Casey from Funeral for Friend is is gonna and Chris is here and they're doing really? it. They're Chris doing is it. Here. Yeah, yeah. I need to meet that guy immediately. Oh mate, <laughs> it, came, it came. It came. I mean, we did that interview a minute ago. He's gonna tap me in the back, and he's there like the shredder, the true shredder. Yeah, is here, and we are the splinter to his shredder. You know, yeah. that's what that, that was a teenage that's mutant. A good min- reference, yeah, like there that. we go. Anyway, they're here. I'm doing a DJ set later, and so we're gonna hang out with them and try and blag as much free beer as we can get, like from them, because they've. Uh, they're going to have loads of free shit because they're DJs. <laughs> and they, Chris doesn't drink, right? I don't think so. I don't think Chris drinks. So. I think that's a non-stop thing for us. I think people are going to get tired of us. People just... will get annoyed after <laughs> a while. There's a lot of bands that don't drink. There's a lot of people here that don't drink. Yeah, this whole press area, no one drinks. So it's like, yeah, it's us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to share the booze. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll just have the booze to ourselves then. Thank you. <laughs> so Chris doesn't drink. I think Tell me more. I think, I think Matt definitely doesn't drink from Funeral. Not anymore. Um, like not anymore. That's yeah. very correct. He's he's straight edge now, and um, yeah, Matt, yeah, Matt Davies is straight edge. Um, and uh, he, dude, Matt Davies, you met him before. Uh, I first seen Funeral supporting Boy Sets Fire in 2003. That's good shit. That was a long That's time ago, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and it was. How about you don't tell cunts <laughs> that I'm 30? Thank you. <laughs> The dick. Uh, we're 27. We're not it's all too good. Far, right? We're not too far off ourselves. This guy's 25 and he's got that beard. That you, Mate, you kidding me I on? I can't grow a beard like that. I'll tell you <laughs> that for I sure. Can't. I just did my belly button. Mate, <laughs> I actually cut it. This is cut. I can't grow a beard. Like, like, you've yeah. wanted to grow a beard forever. You would grow that beard if you could, wouldn't you? If oh, I could grow that beard, I would grow it. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, will, I would keep it down I there. Will, I will cut it and post it. I'll <laughs> just sellotape it on my I'll face. Next time we hang out. Straight on the face. That's fine. Full beard. Yeah, yeah it's just just yeah, uh, fucking like, hello, uh, my name is Craig. I met you at Heavy Festival. Here's some beard so you can stick it to your face if you want. That's awesome. <laughs> but, but yeah, so what I'm trying to say is Matt Davies is a cool, cool dude and doesn't have to drink to be a cool dude. Yeah. Um, which is mental because, you know, everyone's normally a bit better when they've had a couple of beers. I, I'm not, I, I've got the feeling that Chris does have a couple of drinks. I don't think he drinks a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Casey certainly does. Casey, Casey used to Casey be in Good Time Boys, now he's the new drummer in Funeral. And we've known him forever, and he's a true dude. He's like, so he's oh my god, he's a ridiculous drummer. You've seen his videos? You've seen his videos? Absolutely mad. That, that guy, that guy can drum. That guy can drum. Anyway, we're not talking about Funeral, we're talking about Creeper. Let's, fuck, <laughs> let's talk about Creeper, fuck's sake. So, first question off the top of my head this podcast about creativity and passion, and you guys are obviously quite creative and passionate. So, Tell me about the process of writing Creeper music. So the, That's vague. No, so, so I say the process is uh, normally Ian comes around my house and my flat. We're and drinking we, loads of tea. We're drinking loads and loads of tea. Um, and sometimes we have a couple of beers. And I have like a, a really crap keyboard that sometimes I write like a chorus on. And so like for typically on the last record, I'd write maybe a chorus. And I go, yeah, I've got these kind of chords for this chorus and the melody that works. And Ian will go, I can fix this. <laughs> this mistake you've made here and he, and, he, and he tidies it all up and then he puts a song together through that little kind of shit grain I've given him and he and he's corrects it all um, and that's normally the way it is but like we, we spent a long time in our bands uh, researching um, the themes of the songs and uh, a lot, our last record is um, we just put out this Callous Heart record that comes out next month is like a, a really good uh, like example of that we've spent a long time like reading stuff and reading books and researching for the, the content of it and the, the, the story of it all um, 
but we also wanted to try and make a punk record that was a bit more you know that, that was exciting to us we've been writing punk all our fucking lives you know yeah, yeah. and we get like bored of the same thing over and over and over and over again so what we did was we uh, was listening to this do you know Jim Steinman Jim Steinman Jim who doesn't know Jim Steinman Jim Steinman is, is one of our heroes <laughs> He's a, he wrote his record called Bad for Good and it's got this incredible lyric on it and it goes, yes. uh, <laughs> it goes you know what I'm yeah. talking about he goes um, and uh, I know that I'm going to be like this forever yeah. I'm never going to be what I should and you think that I'll be bad for just a little while but you know that I'll be bad for good can uh, I just yeah. stop you for a second and say it makes sense now <laughs> it makes sense now. so we love we love him um, he wrote some songs for Sister Mercy and he did some stuff for Bonnie Tyler and, and Meat Loaf but he wrote, his own record is amazing because he sings on it and he's not the most like, kind of gifted singer so every now and again his voice goes it's really angry and it's really cool that's the best bit about it though it's yeah. the passion and you, you can tell like he wants, so, to, he wants to sing like Meatloaf yeah yeah exactly. but he can't really <laughs> so, so, so what he ends up doing is just kind of going at parts so we listen to these, these records a lot and so we tried to start doing was kind of taking the um, kind of the Phil Spector elements of um, those Jim Steinman songs uh, the kind of wall of sound and stuff and trying to put them in the middle of songs so we got like a Mellotron um, do you know what Mellotron is? yeah, yeah so a Mellotron with all the, the, the orchestra on the keyboard uh, back from like the 80s we managed to get like a Neil Kennedy the guy who produced us uh, managed to get hold of um, some samples of one of those and he played it on his keyboard and we had like Mellotron in, it, in, in the middle eight so you, we'll do like a punk song and it gets to the, the middle eight and we kind of go to a doo-wop part with like these kind of almost a mini orchestra for what, a second and we'll drop back into it again and so we always want to do that and they're like the hardest parts to write but. yeah <laughs> like, but the most rewarding well you stole that we stole mid late from a new song from an Elvis Presley song from a Suspicious Minds you know when it drops down you're not supposed to tell people we stole ah, well, bits we, stole, we, well, we didn't steal the whole bit we just stole no. the, the time signature change yeah, but so, he, has a state will sue you like, like yeah, yeah, they, they will ruin you they'll take all of our all of our no money we have they'll take all of the overdraft we have uh, but yeah that, so we, that, that had a, like a really cool time signature change and I was like we should try and do this in a song and Ian just worked his magic and, and, and found a way to do it and uh, we, bought a, we had a girl called Hannah a friend of ours from Southampton who could play keys and violin and stuff so when it came to this part our, our new record kind of um, starts like quite a standard punk record it drops in these little middle eights every now and again and then by the end we've got a full blown kind of uh, this kind of crescendo ballad song at the end with uh, it kind of all lets loose but by the, when you listen to it in sequence it doesn't sound weird if you listen to it out of context it, it sounds mental yeah. um, but like in the sequence of the record we try to take you from one place to another that's the, always what we're trying to do and um, yeah like having those little parts in there that kind of dip in and we, we always think about the entire record rather than a song and that's how we think a lot yeah when we so usually when we're writing we start out sort of planning out how we want the ebb and flow of the record like how like a skeleton so to speak the intro the middle section the end and I mean, and we, then, we, then we write the songs for it after we've we kind of worked out, out how yeah. we'd like the pace to go and the, and, and the cadence of the record to go yeah. so like this one we wanted to like um to start it similar, similarly to our last one, but to end up in a different place, and so we spent we spent the fucking we spent months working on this shit. Even like long before we even knew who'd be putting it out, we were working on the, the the record. And yeah, so the creative process is a long, arduous one. Like, and the the, the all of the visuals and stuff they take fucking ages to work yeah. on as well. We, yeah. we we're all very hands on. We our last video we had um uh, we just did a video called uh, for a song called the Honeyman Suite. And there's a shot like we kind of loads of there's loads of '80s films referenced in it. One of them's The Lost Boys, um, which is one of the themes of the record as well. Peter Pan, all this stuff. And so you went, we went, you go by a Southampton sign in, in, the, in the video, and it's got a spray paint on it. On the back of it says "Beware the Cat's Heart." And um, we would have probably got um, because it's Southampton, and 
we're people watch it in Southampton and it was going through the label and everything we realised that uh, we'd probably get in a lot of trouble if we actually spray paid the sign up so we, we, we spent we spent like ages like Ian uh, spent ages as well uh, painstakingly recreating this sign I um, went out on a sort of Lord of the Rings-esque journey to get a picture of the sign the Southampton and I was, I was like trudging over this mud just to get a picture of it so I could print it out and like get it all sorted for the video but we, yeah we, we, it was referenced to um in in the Lost Boys, you know the vampire film back in the day, um, they go through um, Santa Carla, Santa Carla, Santa Carla, and on the front of it is the Santa Carla sign, and on the back they do this amazing shot where it goes past there and it flips around the camera, kind of looks back, and it says "Murder Capital of the World" in the back. We wanted to try and make our hometown be uh, like larger than life, and like kind of reference the record in yeah. terms of we wanted the record to be a larger than life punk record, you know. <laughs> so yeah, we, we we spent a long, long time, and we we're very hands on. With spray paint, my carpet is just covered in some purple spray paint where we spray paint all this stuff purple all the time. We were always building things and, and it's like a little workshop a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, a creeper workshop. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think people think that we've got like signed to a label and we're going to kind of, and we suddenly we've got like all this budget and we have all this stuff, but we don't. We're like, we're, yeah. all, we're all like, it's a massive myth. Um, Dude, I remember on that, on that day when we were getting ready for the video, we went uh, around loads of charity shops. So we had little trinkets and stuff that we wanted in the video, like references from like Twin Peaks and, and Heathers and stuff yeah. like that. So we had to go out into Southampton, go around charity shops and try and, we were bartering, literally. We bought this, it was, we, it was like a telephone, a table, and we were like, we'll take these off you for a fiver. And they're like, Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> we gonna. It's, it's all like, even though like, um, you know, we're on very vulnerable now, and all that weird stuff has happened. Like, all this amazing stuff's happened to us. Um, we're still very much a little workshop, a little punk workshop, and we <laughs> try. Yeah, well, it, it, we've been a part of the DIY punk scene all our lives. Mm. Whether people would consider us now because of Rovana, I'm not sure. But uh, I would very much consider us. Um, a DIY is a band because yeah, we build everything ourselves like all the songs ourselves all the visuals can come to ourselves and so it's um, we're very very hands on and we're very protective of our, our our craft I suppose that was one of the main things that won us over with Roadrunner we were talking to them and uh, we said you know uh, there's you know all these horror stories of these major labels saying to people that they have to do this they have to do that and the one thing that um, won us over they were like yeah you got complete creative control everything will be checked by you before it goes out and we were like they let us do brilliant. it like like Neil Kennedy from The Ranch uh, he was not Katie you must know this man like he's incredible my, my best mate one of our things was that we always wanted to go back to him he did Midnight Mass the last time here and Last Light the, last, the one before that and he did the first Cooper record and I had I was like there's no like in my opinion there's no better punk rock producer in the UK at all and I was like, you're not going to get like a better quality record out of us than you are with this man. Um, I I, I want to do this, but I want to be sure that we can go back to him every time. So now we're going back to him. Like, if everything goes well um, in the, over the next few months, we're going to come back to him with a budget that he's not going to be used to having. And um, we're going to go and record with him in Southampton and uh, do a record with him again where we can do something more creative and more elaborate with it. Like we, we're very much focused on those aspects of things. And all this means for us is... Um, all that's everything's happened to us. It, all it means is um, it gives us another option, another leg up to be creative in a different way with with more possibilities. And that's yeah. all you ever fucking want, you know. When you're a kid, yeah. you know, you, when you're a kid, you ever like build shit out of cardboard, you know? Like I used to build loads of stuff, like little little um, houses and stuff out of cardboard. I don't know, I was a weird kid, and I used to build, I used to build loads of stuff for my toys, for my normal for, kid, for, normal kid. Yeah, well, for, for my Batman figures and stuff. I used to want to build Gotham City all the time. So I used to, when my mum used to go shopping, I used to bring back like little cardboard boxes. 
and cut them up and try and make little houses and stuff for him to jump off and all sorts of stuff like that. And I feel like that's exactly the same as what's happening now, but instead of having to go to the, the shop, like... Um, we can buy the boxes, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. not have to kind of pull them off the street. <laughs> no, no, I can buy the boxes for me to make my Batman toys uh, have an element of reality. Yeah. I've always, um, I've always said, you guys, man, like, yeah, um, you're doing, uh, weird, I've taken over your podcast, you're doing, you're, you're not doing the, the, the brandy horror thing that Misfits are doing, but you've got really serious substance behind your punk as well. I think you're really good in between, in my opinion. Maybe in many what you're going yeah, for, like, it's like you're not going the, the the super commercial misfit route, but you're doing like serious substance, like there's genuine skate, the genuine we, everything. We, we, oh, your I punk find band. a lot with um, with I found actually recently it's been very good. The punk scene's very strong right now, I think. But like for a number of years, I felt like there was a lot of um, there was a lot of bands that would preach about um, being sincere and being really genuine and you go to see them and you get a pantomime of them being sincere and genuine um, but I, what I always felt like you get with us is you get us going right we're going to give you a pantomime but um, what you're going to get is something very sincere and genuine I think sincere, I think a lot of the like you say man a lot of the, the sincerity in punk is essentially bullshit because you're, you're not getting like you're getting like you say the partner, I mean, we're getting the act, you're not getting the, yeah, you're not getting the person, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is which annoys me because, like, you even see bands like that posting on Facebook and, and Twitter, like, oh, we're so sincere, thank you so much. It's like, well, no, you're not yeah. being sincere, you're you're trying to fucking, like, you're trying to get somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people seem to be trying to get somewhere, but no one seems to know where it is because when you look at the punk bands, <laughs> punk bands, like, punk bands, like, have. Unless you're Green Day, um, yeah. or like you're one of, the, one of those few bands in the world that have managed to smash that glass ceiling, as a punk band, you must realise, like you must realise, and we're very, very aware of it, that we're never, never going to make any money. Like we know that very, very well, and we and we're kind of condemned to that life, you know, and and like where we'll just be poor forever, and it's fine. Like, but, but if you can get a label that will make you. Not have to spend all your own money. That's yeah, a good. Exactly. That's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's a good thing. Yeah. You, you've summed up. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. Well, if, you, if you've got somebody who's going to, um, and not just that, like you, you don't want to be with a label that's faceless and 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 um, doesn't care about you. Yeah. Someone who gets you, like the the guy from Roadrunner. When I first met him, he was wearing a Sam Hain hat, and I was like. We're gonna be mates. Like I didn't even know he went for a road runner. I was like, we're gonna be friends. Let's talk about AFI now. Like let's, let's go outside and chat about fucking. AFI, of course. Yeah, let's go talk. Let's go talk about. Let's go talk about Inkin Dagger outside. Or, or, or like you know so some some spooky punk bands. I knew he, he was into that. And then we found out he went for a road runner. Like when all the labels came interested about it, like we knew him and we knew Road Runner obviously because it's Road Runner. And um, we were like, well, we have we're trying to invest in people like. We're like, we should give, uh, if we're going to give anyone control of what we're doing and uh, our most beloved thing in our lives, we have to uh, do on the right people and, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. So, I, I, yeah, it's been, a, re- it's been a, a crazy fucking year, but I feel it's, we, we've actually made some good decisions this time around. Normally yeah. we're, we're, we're really awful. Bad, yeah. We're horrendous <laughs> with decisions. It's like going back, to what, going back to what we were saying before about, you know, you were saying about the Misfits and I fucking love the Misfits, by the way, obviously, just been oh, on tour with them. Fucking great band. Yeah, but, but um, it's not the normal Yeah, yeah, I know. But Jerry, Jerry only, Jerry only is a legend. He like, is a, he's he is a, a legend, but he can't well, sing and dance like Gordon. I genuinely, I genuinely think Richard Gap has been a show and genuine, honest. Yeah. I'm like, you, you are that. I don't. 
Uh, yeah, man. Sure. We, we, we try. Uh, we try our very, very hardest. Um, and I, like, I, I always find it weird when you see a band do um, a speech in the middle of the, uh, like the set. And I hate talking in the middle of the set because most of the time when we're playing for our band, I'm in, a, I'm in character a lot of the time when we're playing. And, I, and if I break that, suddenly I feel awkward and the awkward, shy, fast-talking, stumbling dude that I am all the time. So, with, like, with a lot of time we approach, we approach like performing, the way we can deal with our anxiety because we all suffer with it like incredibly, is um, to try and take on another role. But like, some for some people that kind of they're, they're still in character, the same we are. We are, but like their character is hardcore funk man or punk rock funk man, and yeah, the yeah. the speech is like really uh, prepared and um, really awkward. Uh, just, it, you, you can tell like real punk kids, DIY punk kids, can kind of see through that shit straight away. And I really, really think it's true. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a happy in between, and you've got to be really comfortable with who you are and, and what you're doing um, first and. Uh, that's just the most important thing in the world. Like, if you're not comfortable with what you're creating, if you, you're making it for the wrong reasons, then just don't bother. Don't do like, it, do yeah. something else. Go be a banker. Like, you know, you can make more money that way. You're not making no money in this. Like, you gotta love it. Like, if you don't love it, you guys know. Like, you don't love doing it. Like, it's no fucking point. Bands a fucking black hole. Of cash. A black hole of cash. It just Welcome vanishes. to uh, the miserable world of a band where all your relationships crumble to pieces in your hands, and your family hate you and think you fucked your life, and. Um, you know, and you got no money forever, forever. Like if you, if you did forever. Literally forever. Like you're paying that shit off forever. Uh, something I pick up there you just said, which is interesting. So like, you you do a character on stage. Do, do all you guys do that? And if you do, what is that character? <laughs> so we, we don't have a name for it. We don't have a name for it. Like original. Don't need a name, but like, how is that different from who you are as a human being? So, oh, so yeah. for for me, it's like a. Like I get like some some days we're out on tour. I I kind of feel like terrified about going on stage, and I, this is this, I think everyone deals that shit in their everyday life. Sometimes when we used to go to work, like you you must have those days when you go to work and you feel like terrified about going in the office and speaking to people. Um, but like going on stage and 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 so, talking so, to a big group of people at once is a really so. is is a really difficult thing. Um, it's one of those things that, like, I've, the way we've kind of tempered it and the way we've kind of worked it out is, and when we record the going to record the records, we we have a really sincere thing to say and something very, very. We always have a message of what we do every single time, um, and this record is no exception. The new one that's coming out, um, but we do it under the guise of a character because it makes it easier to do. Also, it um, it's our way of coping with that situation of being on stage. Um, some people are very, very confident with that, and a lot of punks are like really cocky and really good about doing that and I, and I admire that to the end of the world but even with them it's a coping mechanism that yeah. that cocky like showmanship is just a front yeah yeah. I, I don't think that's true I don't think that's true at all I don't think that I do. like I, I don't think no no I mean in the sense that I don't think anybody's confident enough to go on stage and do it I think it's always a character yeah. I think yeah. it's always a coping mechanism like you say we, we, we talk about it a lot and we talk about um, the character we, we, we play and we put on because there's no way in my regular life I would I, I could be who I am on stage all the time because I have to be in, like, I have to be the songs every day. You know, like, yeah, I found, a, when I, in our time out here, what I found really difficult was finding the conviction to play a song, uh, say, about a really low point in my life. When on that day, I had a lovely day, and I'd gone, you know, we'd gone to the beach, and we'd gone to the show, and we played the song. Like, I found it really difficult to play it as myself. So um, what we started doing was trying to um, write, from a, write our songs from a certain perspective that um, was outside of what we would be like. So a lot of time, about my own life but for the guys or somebody else like, and I find that an easy thing to do I also find it a really good creative writing um, kind of mechanism yeah. you know like when you're writing I don't know if you guys like obviously you write for Daily Discord all the I time am, I am a writer so, so, so you write, you write <laughs> creatively as well so you, like yeah like I mean the same way that uh, you would do that and you'd, you'd find a new way of, of doing things and we're always trying to think of new exciting stuff to do 
Um, but on stage, we're very much in in character the whole time, um, and it also means that we have a thicker skin that way. And my character on stage is someone that doesn't give a fuck what the audience thinks. But realistically, inside, I'm like, please don't shout stuff at me or <laughs> don't throw something at me don't swear at me um, accept I'm at, me please accept me no, yeah. no, 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 like uh, realistically I think my actual self doesn't mind about not being accepted um, I just don't want to be made a fool of while I'm up there and I, I, I don't want people to um, to be mean to me up there you know like no one, uh, no one does man no no no, no I, I, like, I think we've been lucky but I think a lot of that to do is uh, to do with is, is because I've, I've clung to a character when we played yeah. um, and I, I've clung to something that is uh we never ever put names to any of it really but you do the same thing it's, yeah but it's not like that's the thing it's not a conscious like right I'm gonna of be course, tre- yeah, I'm gonna be course. Trevor we're now yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean we're not like, we're not like <laughs> Ian Strange you're not number nine you're not number nine or number fucking four do you know what I mean is that okay to have another one of these beers that's just how you have these beers have all the beers that's all about what I was trying to say like when you had a character again Misfits by term but again horror punk I get a guy's the character that's mm. all I'm trying to say like you guys obviously went to the stage and you were like wait this isn't just another fucking punk band like you know what I mean you guys had a whole fucking show about you mm. you know what I mean um, but then you also had the fucking songs behind it man you know what I mean like you, you guys you guys had your fast beats you guys had everything but you also had this persona which mm. I thought was great and that's why I brought the, mis- the, the middle between yeah, yeah. utter persona and straight like just normal punk band I think there's a, there's a really fine line between um, becoming very very pretentious and um, and taking on a, like a, a different guise when you play yeah. um, yeah. and um, it's I think it's really really important for us because the sort of people we are we, we care about this like more than anything in the world exactly. and uh, to protect ourselves uh, uh, like uh, for our own sanity sometimes we have to do this sort of stuff and it's been a really natural thing to grow into um that, that's literally it it's like come with time because you know we're on tour with our time down here for like seven years and even over that period we were slowly slipping into that character yeah. and it's not like I, I hate I don't want to say character because it's just like putting on somebody else's shoes for a little while just come on stage and you're like right I'm here and it's like it's just more confidence so, so like, today more I was ballsy the, I was telling Ian Dickinson today like um, a lot of the time we're doing things and I'm, I'm always like why like why are we doing this? Why haven't they got somebody else doing this? <laughs> like, because that's me, like, right now, like, thinking, thinking that. Mm. But, like, in it, for a second on stage, like, today, it was one of the first times ever that's happened. I was like, I looked around, I was like, oh, like, this is, everything's okay. Like, no one thinks that we feel out, no one yeah. thinks we look out of place here. Like, and, like, I always think we look out of place anywhere. But I think I look out of place anywhere all the time. And that's my insecurities digging on me. But sometimes on, adopting that character means that I can deal with that in a way that, um, you know, like, uh, for example, our, this year has been mental for us. It's been so crazy. And we've had all sorts of things. People have said that, like, we have someone on the inside working for us or we have um, we have bought onto tours when we're the poorest fucking dudes ever. <laughs> and, um, like, we are from... Anyone who's been around punk music for longer than a couple of years will have seen us at some point, thought we were shit or something, I don't know, at some old day or somewhere, because everyone is, uh, like, we, we've been around forever, we know everybody's bands, you know, like, I, I, I know your guys' band because of, like, probably some fucking show, I, I imagine we probably played together at some point, or, or like, maybe, maybe one probably. day, yeah, like, maybe one day, but, like, in old bands, like, I, I check up on this stuff, and, and punk kids do that, you know, like, people, people know, but, like, you know, all that stuff runs through my head, I'm like, oh my god, should we be here, should we have that, or should we have these opportunities? <laughs> 
to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Guy, you guys have this like really appreciative energy. Like you guys, when I saw you at Bayside anyway in Glasgow, this tiny fucking club, you guys played like your life depended on it. Sincere. That was exactly. No, no, generally, you guys fucking went out and and you guys fucking played, man. Like you just everything. The whole. I guess like we've become more conscious of recently as well. It's like when you first start doing punk bands, like I was out here when it's first started out was really shouty and really really fast, and I'd lose my voice sometimes. We do like a week tour, and by the end of it, I'm like. And with Creeper, um, some like we got like a real mix of kids that come to see us. So we have some some like uh, goth kids, some deaf rock kids. We have like uh, punk rock kids, goth punk kids, um, hardcore kids. We have all this mix of people that come to see us. It's crazy. And some of them, the, the demographic has become like really really young. And um, with that has come a lot of uh, a learning curve for us because we'd never. We never ever played. I'd say most of our career, we never played to anybody younger yeah, than like, twenty or yeah. eighteen. Yeah, well, in our the entire old time, grizzly punks like the <laughs> yeah, whole like, way through. So even when we were young, we were playing to like older dudes. And um, am I an older dude? Is that a thing? Like, exactly, man. He's the oldest guy you've ever you, You're older to. than a fourteen-year-old girl. I tell you, I tell you that. Like, so we, we we've been dealing with that a lot recently. And um, but I, what I found is that like I can't. Older, like girls, are, like girls getting into punk music is like that's incredible. It's not. Yeah. A, it's not a thing just now. It's like. That's a, I think that's a big thing. It's like there's it's, there's such a not gender and race gap in punk rock. Just now, I think there is. I, mean? I think like, there's, a, there's a gender gap for sure, and, and, yeah. and like it needs it needs to be obliterated. We we're, we're we're so aware of everything else that needs to be something. The next thing on our list of, of things as a as a community to look at, like that, it's mental that um, people are still referring to. Um, 
to a band with a uh, with, with a female who sings as a female-funded band. Yeah, yeah. Like that's mad. Like who, who does that? Like that's yeah. crazy when you think about it. But it's just been like ingrained in in society for such a long time, or, or yeah. uh, in in uh, the music community for such a long while. Like that, it, it seems like the norm, and it's pathetic. But like when you play to those young kids, like you have a duty, in my opinion, to like uh, give them the same show that you would give every single night. So we've been trying to learn how to. Um, I'd be better, a better band. <laughs> I, had to, I had to like not go out and get fucked up every day. Cause you know, yeah, on tour, yeah. like you just go out and you think, well, I'm on tour. This is my holiday. I'm gonna go. Out. And we've been we've been touring all, all this year, and which has been work. No, no, no. It fucks you so much. <laughs> so like you like today, we'll, we'll get really, really, really messed up tonight. Because it's not I, tour. It's one show. Because yeah, we, we have we have we have another day tomorrow. We can just do whatever. Like it doesn't make any difference. But if we had a show tomorrow, we've got to be responsible sometimes. Like and, and and if you start like going on tours and not appreciating what you're doing and the bands that are taking you out, like if, if we were on that Bayside tour and I lost my voice in that Bayside tour, and we had to go through the Bayside tour. I feel awful. And because, we all just got wasted every night. Yeah. They'd be like, "Who are these guys?" Like, yeah, they'd, they'd be like, "We helped them out because Bayside like had a bunch of records sent to them and they chose us in Tiger Cupboard and a really awesome band." And um, so we were like literally over the moon. And I was like, "We're not gonna fuck this up. We're not gonna." Um, uh, we're, we're going to play try to play as consistent as we can every day so we're trying to like do the show properly every single day without and some of the the the, uh, the hooks of the DIY scene is like just go out and have loads of beers like Adam Bilbao is here let's go out with him you know like uh, you know like uh, you, you just kind of want to go out and party Kieran Kelly's here let's go out and hang with him all the Manchester like you just kind of want to smash it all the time yeah. and and uh, because that's I think that's in us like it's it's very much in, threaded in our uh, our DNA. personalities yeah, yeah exactly because yeah, yeah. we grew up in that it's exactly. so weird how that's part of like the DIY scene isn't it like just drink so many beers <laughs> drink so many <laughs> and then you realise people are paying money to see you yeah <laughs> You know, like no one's no one's ever bought a ticket for um, just our bands before. Oh, okay. Before now, no, like I don't know, maybe like a couple of times, but like most of the time it would be like we played to nobody, or like it would it would it would. This is the first time I've ever thought like a responsibility to our audience. You know, like I've ever thought like I can't. I, it's, it's cool to play the first opening night or the first two shows with a with a fine voice, and then it's fine to just kind of phone it in because <laughs> I can't sing anymore because I've thrown up last night. You know, so I, I, like you have to kind of spread it out, and, we, and that's one of the things we've learned a lot. Like it's um, it's important to um, if we're going to do this, we're going to actually do this, and we're actually going to play all the time, and we're going to take this seriously. Like in terms of like our, our uh, as. As, as, like, as artists, you know? I was literally <laughs> just about to go there. Like, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. We spend so long, like, like writing the records, well articulating his thoughts, writing that down. We spend so long in the imagery. Why go out and like screw it up for a bunch of kids in one night for for no reason? It makes yeah. sense. It totally makes sense. Like, it totally makes sense. Like, you, you, you poured your life into you poured. Maybe not your whole life, but like you, you poured out a huge part of who you are mm. into this thing. You know what I mean? As a, a thing, I want to ask you. Well, you know Ash Ward. Yeah. Keeping scores. Yeah, no very well. I've known him. He write. He used to write for the Discord. And he said to me that our time down here, it's all about like he said to you, it's all about ringing as much as possible from a chorus to make it as catchy as possible. Um, I feel like um, a chorus is the most important part of a well, song. Of course it is, yes. Mm. But is that not like I'm just like that's a connection I have to you guys without really being sure. knowing you guys. So is that something you guys go into and think about the chorus as like that's that that set that section is the part that gets us fucking like music? Do you know what I mean? Does that I, mean I think that um, we start with the chorus every time. And yeah. for me, for me, um, the chorus is. Uh, 
the most important part of any song. Look at Bouncing Soul songs. Like, and the Bouncing oh. Soul songs. Like, there's that amazing chorus song. What's that Bouncing Soul song on, um, on How to Spend My Summer Vacation? vacation. Sometimes when I just can't think I hear the words you said to me. Like, that chorus is incredible. Like, and the whole time I watched this that song, I'm thinking, I can't wait for that chorus to come back because that chorus is fucking incredible. The verses are great, but the chorus is, is, the, is oh, right. well, the, the hook's the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've always felt like, with Arsenal Man here when we first started doing it, and uh, we had a bunch of stuff to say when I, was, when I was younger as well in that band, and we had loads of things we weren't to talk about. I always felt like punk was so, the, one of the main things about punk that was so, um, so clever to me was that, like, uh, possibly pop punk as well, or punk rock, that, that gruff punk sort of thing, was that, like, the power of a hook is the most incredible thing so say when you listen to something on the radio and you've got that hook in your head you've got that, that earworm and you've got that you, you had that loop in your head with punk music if you get that in your head and you might um, hear something in your head had that hook in your head and then go back home and think oh, I need to fucking find what these lyrics are um, read the lyrics up and then that's, that's got you you read the lyrics you're suddenly into that song and you listen to the message of that song um, the chorus is for us we often, we often write the chorus first and work backwards mm. <laughs> Yeah, literally. That's that. That's how we write. We spend time like thinking out a, a good chorus that we think, you know, it's music is in its basic form something that's I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I can't really yeah. explain and it. it. Like, I guess like like those hooks in, in, in punk. I think every band. I think every band does this really. Yeah. But like, I don't think we're any different to anybody else. But like, uh, from like trash talk or something. Trash, trash oh, talk yeah. is just one of the way. But they do have <laughs> choruses now. They have choruses. They, 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 they do. do they? Yeah, yeah, they yeah do. of course. I, I think that stuff is um, is important. And I think even more than that is finding the right lyric for that chorus. Yeah, yeah. The lyric is is so important because that sums you sum up. You sum up. You know, like. I don't know. I care about the craft of this stuff so much, and we think about it all the time. Mm. How we could get better at writing. Um, we never ever think about um, how. <laughs> the question is like, uh, we never ever think about how we could m- make money writing songs um, at all. We never ever think about that. But we're always thinking about a listener. Jim Steinman has this really great story um, about uh, a friend of his telling him um, that he wrote lyrics for a kid in Connecticut. Um, who sat under his like in his head? This kid doesn't exist. So like, this is a kid that he he, he writes all his records for, and he uh, he writes them for an imaginary kid who goes to the record store every time he puts a record out and buys it, sits underneath his bed sheets and puts it in, a, in his discman, puts his headphones on and listens to it intently and into every little tiny thing he's done on the record. So every time he's writing a record, he's writing for that kid. For me, um, I think we've been doing that same process our entire lives. We care about. Uh, the listener, um, whoever that is, isn't really important. Like it's it's um, it's the, the 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 listener who's sat at home and the lyric the, the late night lyric book confident. You know, like that guy who's reading through the lyrics and really noticing all the small things we're doing. But the way we get that guy's attention is through a really good chorus. And and like look at my chemical romance. Like I, I know, knew but, it. I, knew, <laughs> I, always, I just knew it was going to come. Like, Regardless of how you feel about that band, like that, I knew it was going to come. Sorry, he's a huge fan. Like, Regardless of how you feel about that band, when you hear the chorus of that song, I think that song Helena is probably one of the, the biggest, greatest, yeah. one of the greatest pop songs of probably our, our oh, youth. I would probably yeah. disagree because no, I think okay, I'm not okay. It's probably a much better oh, pop song. Oh, okay. yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I would probably start with you, Ashley, because I tell you why I'm not okay. Is such a good pop song is um, is because. That is uh, like that's a punk rock song, and, it, and it's very self. It's, it's got that sound, that punk rock sound. Oh, it's, it's incredible, and, and, it, and it, it's visceral, yeah. and it's um, how the fuck did My Chemical Romance get so big? Like, they're, like I tell you why because they're huge hooks, but they're a punk band at the very, very heart of it. Like their first record was produced by Jeff Rickley from Thursday, and that record, the one after it was produced by Howard Benson. 
and that chorus, I'm just, I'm not okay over and over and over again. And that is, is that not the anthem to every punk rock kid in the fucking world who's ever discovered a record and sat home? And that is exactly how I felt when I was a kid listening to punk, thinking I feel awful uh, and this is making me feel better. I can't, I, I want to go to gigs because I feel at home here. And, um, but that's the way you get them in. Like how, how, you, how you reach somebody is for a really, really, really good hook. And if you, um, if you get that right, if you spend a lot, enough time working on it, and often we ditch stuff instantly. Like, yeah. if we, can't, if we can't find the chorus straight away, we'll ditch an entire song. Like, we because got that, like, we would... I remember you always tell the story about when you're on the road with a still. Like, they always said, like, if you're writing a song and it doesn't come to you, like, straight away, it's not worth it. Just scrap it. Don't spend time crafting it and working on it. Just go to the next thing. Start working on something else. That was Mark Pavey told me that from Steel, and he yeah, said, he, like, and he was like, if it doesn't work out, like, think about those Steel records. All of those are hooks. Like the first, the first Steel record, um, every is chorus, every chorus, such is a hook, massive, and it meant something because you had to do it. You know, it's a problem that the more honest you are, yeah. some people take advantage, and the things get pushed way too far. Whatever, like that chorus is in my head all the time, and. Um, when you first heard the record, you had all those hooks in your head before you could make out the lyrics. And then when you go back and read the lyric book, suddenly you've got something that's really, really important and special. Um, so, yeah, we, we spent a long time working on, our, on, on choruses. And uh, the other day, we actually tried to write something backwards. We tried our best because Ian had an idea to do um, something a little bit like a, like a Ramones song. So it would start really instantly and it would be fast with the vocal and stuff. Mm. And we got to the chorus and we just couldn't write a chorus for it. And so, we did, <laughs> so we ditched the entire song. Yeah. <laughs> we, won't, we won't write a song if the chorus isn't right. Like, and if it's... Um, because it is, it, like, like all the ideas, all the effort like you put into it and all the lyrics and all of the other stuff that you're going to do around it, if it's not right, it, like, it, it's just no point doing it. Like, it's just yeah. no it's point. like trying to put a puzzle together missing like four of the centrepieces in the middle of the puzzle and you're like I just can't do it this sounds great this is really really good but I can't do the the puzzle the puzzle's fucked it's been the puzzle you know you don't keep that around and you don't leave that in the coffee shop for someone else to come out and do that same problem you know what I mean like they're only going to put it together and realise that that bit's missing yeah and and be like that's that's weird like so uh, yeah we're we're really perfectionists with songs and um the chorus is is really really important to us like the chorus getting the chorus right because that's the crux of the song also it's my favourite part of the song like I love middle eight as I got older I became a fan of the middle eight um, because I Jim feel like Steeman, the middle eight Jim Steeman is the middle eight man yeah. <laughs> he's got a middle fucking 15 oh, <laughs> yeah, he really does but um, yeah that, that stuff like I think is um, is really cool because it can transform a song um, yeah. halfway, through, like, halfway through the song that's totally true man yeah and um, yeah. But like we, we think about this stuff a lot, and bear in mind, neither me or Ian are, are trained musically at all. <laughs> so, so we just learn all this stuff ourselves, and this is the stuff we personally like as our preferences, and um, we find that stuff like that's really really important. And um, well, you know when you've got it right the first time, and if you don't have it right the first time, ditch it and, and do something else. <laughs> like we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of deconstructing, sort of listening to our favourite band, singing, why is this bit so good? <laughs> And then we're like, oh, because the vocal works with the guitar like this. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's like, amazing. It lifts here and it does this here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, I think that's important. Like, if it, it, maybe it's more punk rock not to care about that stuff. But we don't, we don't, we don't really worry about that sort of thing. We, I don't agree. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think as far back as The Clash and The Sex Pistols, it's always been like... Hell yeah. The three-minute punk song, the three-minute pop song, sorry, has, has come back in fashion. It's just got razor-sharp guitars and... Cunts be fucking like spiky hair. It's not the same thing, really. Do you know look mean? at the Ramones. The Ramones have yeah. all those amazing hooks in, the, in, in their songs. They've got the biggest. They had the greatest yeah. hooks. You write, you write, you go through punk songs with fast beats. 
You guys right good co- I call it a fast beat no Hang on hang on Do you know what a fast beat is? Double time Double yeah, time like, Exactly You guys yeah, yeah, yeah. D- Double time is the best <laughs> in the world There's nothing better yeah, double yeah, time yeah. It's just a fact You <laughs> You guys Right choruses do, do double time Which is very very hard to do Like I, mean, I don't know if you guys Have been in this band for I don't know how long But um, uh, Double time's a hard thing to do And you guys right Fucking choruses for double time Which Honestly, is like, we, we spent a lot of time on it Like when we were When we were doing our record Like I was um, one of the songs that you're probably talking about is um, a song called Into the Black, and yes. the chorus for that song is um, was I was writing a musical at the time, like a really awful uh, space musical. Um, Hang on, Jim Steinman, is that, is that a thing? <laughs> it was kind of like that, but it, it was just all based on chords. It, like it wasn't like Ian was helping me a little bit with it, and um, I had this kind of idea for this melody that would. Um, uh, um, but yeah, um, I, I had this idea for a melody that would. Uh, it would lift, you know, like it would be a real lift from, and it would be like a, from the verse, it would be like a relief from the verse, you know, because yeah. you'd be like, you'd want it to, to lift and, and you'd feel, you'd feel something when it lifted. And um, so for the, the, I had the same thing, Ian, me and were like, we need to write one more song for this record. What are we going to do? And I said, I've got this chorus. And Ian did this thing, uh, I just told you guys earlier on. He was like, okay, this is kind of cool, but let's do this. And so like, he, 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 <laughs> he built a song around this kind of scrap of an idea I've had. And um, yeah, like, that stuff, it, like I guess, it's important for me because the Bouncing Souls do it too, and um, AFI do it a lot, and Armageddon, um, the AFI song, the time as well. Misfits do it, but with that weird hi hat thing. Yeah, that. And there's a relief in the chorus. Oh, what's the song off that fucking Apple True record? It just said, it just said Armageddon. For fuck's sake, Armageddon. have a fucking fast beat. You think? You think? You think Mr. Chainsaw? Like Mr. Chainsaw? Yeah, right. Oh, it's Mr. Chainsaw. Is it Mr. Chainsaw? You, you, He's wrong. You, you I'm keep, right. you keep, I need my phone. You keep talking. This song is a different song. It's a proper. Oh. But yeah, the, first, later on. the perfect example is that is the first the first song uh, on the famous famous monsters. famous monsters record. The whole verse is like. Is it called um, the gates? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, complicated. And the yeah. whole the whole verse is like, dun, 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 dun. that's exactly what And the then as clocks. soon as it goes into yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cannibal clocks, hi hats there, hi hats there, hi hats there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, and then as soon as it goes into the chorus, you're like, oh, and yeah, like have a breath, enjoy the the melody because the melody is uh, uh, incredible. Let's talk about this quickly. So you, you, you're my chemical, any of you guys my chemical romance fans at all? Okay, cool. I'm really I'm thirty this massive, year, massive, and uh, I liked my chemical romance. Even though I'm thirty, this that's year. perfect. That's really that's great, <laughs> and, and you should do because they're incredible. Um, Thank you for the venom. Um, is probably one uh, of the best songs. Like, it's not a fashion statement. It's a death wish. Oh it's my like god, best it's song, incredible! Like ever written. Oh, mate, it, <laughs> hang on, guys. Can, so I, can so I just good. can I just stop the conversation for a second? Can we have a high five for that? We definitely can. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> we didn't even get a <laughs> I just went terribly. <laughs> I try to remember Aqua Two song Anyway, that song, like that song, I feel like it has every part of that song could be a chorus, like it was just mental. On and on and on and on, like whatever, and then it goes into that. You'll never make me leave. Where did some ass leave? Like that bit, that bit could be a chorus. That's it had, it had its punk sensibilities, it, but it was oh, an yeah. actual song. That's and then it lifts, and I'm, give me all your poison, give me all your poison. And you think, fucking hell, how could you get bigger than that part? Yeah, and it was still punk, that and it was a fucking chorus. Man, holy yeah, shit, yeah. I completely totally. agree. Yeah, right. Unreal. Like, I'll tell you what, we actually we uh, wrote a song, and we were so stoked on it. Kicked into the chorus, we were like, this is fucking great. This is going to be a 
big song. Like we were so stoked on yeah, it. Yeah, we're really excited about it. And, and then, it was my and it was my chemical romance. <laughs> it was that chorus. It was exactly the same. We were like, oh man. Well, I've done it. <laughs> we love that song, but yeah. I, oh, hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> That's not our song, is it? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And I feel like uh, we get we get a bit compared to my chemical romance a lot. I think it's more of our aesthetic that that, um, that mentions that. Um, but our band doesn't sound like my chemical romance at all. But um, we do. We do. We're massive, massive fans. Like I, I've always been a my chemical romance fan, um, and I feel like they were probably the last. Um, probably the most exciting band of my entire youth um, and I was a punk kid like, like my chemical romance I wasn't like a kid who liked um, all the other weird shit I was kind of emulating them around at the same time not going to mention names hang on a second there were bands that came after that that was, that was so uh, <laughs> that was so derivative of it and did a really shit job of imitating it and um, the main thing with this uh, what we're doing now is we kind of felt like Back in the day, you had the Damned and the Misfits, who were bands we love. And I've been to see the Damned a bunch of times. I love the Damned. And the Misfits, like, I, I, I mean, he went to Danzig, and we obviously we started talking Misfits. We loved them the bits. After that, you had AFI, who basically, Davey Havoc at the time, um, when he went to a Danzig, um, like, with, 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 imagine so seeing AFI fun. and Danzig together. That tour happened in America. That actually happened. Yeah. So at the time, Davey Havoc sounded like a mini Danzig. He looked, <laughs> he looked like Danzig, and he sounded like Danzig. Um, when Zinosaur came out, he drew his head out like Danzig, and what actually yep. happened. And anyway, but like AFI, incredible. My, my, probably my favorite band. I love that band to death. Um, and I think they write some, written some of the best songs ever in, in punk. I think. Um, after that, you, like the next band you had was Michael McRomance. You took this kind of style again. I, I mention these bands purely on aesthetic because, like, uh, sound-wise, they they kind of sound like kind of similar, but not not enough to um to call them like. You can tell the influence, yeah, but it's definitely Avalon Trio. Like, um, had that kind of croon that um Danzig had, but it was softened and it was uh in in the vein of like a goth punk band. And so, like, you had AFI that were a hardcore band, and, and um, over here, Alkaline Chill that were a gruff punk band. And both those bands were really taking from the misfits and looking into that sort of stuff. Um, and there were two sides of it. It was, it was amazing. It was a really, really great time. And then you had um, Michael McRomance. Um, and after that, like, you had a bunch of stuff that was just. This wasn't for me, um, and it was that it versed on the kind of tackiness, and it was, it was, it was, this wasn't my vibe at all. Um, anyway, like well, the way we look at this band is, we were like, it would be really cool. Like that stuff doesn't really happen anymore. We'd we'd like to be a band that would pay homage to those bands, um, the same way that Davey Havoc and AFI paid homage to the Misfits when they first started out. The same way that um, when Akhlanjiri first started going dark, like the way they they are now, um, they did as well. And uh, so we, we think about that a lot, and uh, we're trying to do um, when when we are kind of doing um, kind of like a, 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 a like songs that are like on purpose kind of um, nods to those bands we are uh, at a pastiche maybe sometimes you know like those bands we're trying to do it with the utmost respect and um, like with a knowledge of of that music because we, we brought up with it like you know and um, so when people say like we sound like Michael McCromance I feel like you haven't heard my band um, but I understand the AFI and the Apple and Trio things like, yeah yeah Trio more. and AFI it's like a standard that's like the staple we got that all throughout the, the latter years of uh, our time down here as well didn't we like Last Light and Midnight Mass it did got, sound like Apple and Trio yeah to be fair <laughs> like, like I some bad advice was, yeah it was an Apple and, was. and Trio song, yeah. but, but like um, <laughs> I, I, I get that but like People say we sound like Michael McGrammans because I wear a leather jacket on. Oh, I play a leather jacket because I'm vegan. Uh, play a jacket on stage, but like Joey Ramone, like Joey Ramone wore a, a jacket on stage and had hairs the same as mine. Like it was, you know, it's much of a muchness. But 
for the record, my cameraman's are fucking amazing. Yeah, they're great. Like, every, like <laughs> they're, 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 they're generally fucking no, like fucking it. You've heard this. I generally believe they're one of the most important like the punk bands going. And, and, like, I, I, mean, I don't know if you'll do this. I'm going to say something quite controversial now. But I think they were um, when that emo scene came up through MySpace and everything, and that was the generation that whether you want to believe it or not, we were all a part of. Uh, was that MySpace generation? Yeah. Yep. And um, they were um, this generation's. And this is gonna. You're gonna like, I'm, I'm expecting to get backlash from all of you, <laughs> but this generation's the Martin, Um because they changed everything. They changed absolutely I, everything. I, no, <laughs> you're right. I, 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 no, I completely agree. You bought a punk chorus to the masses. Also. Alkaline Trio song is Blooded Up. That's the song he's thinking about. Blooded Up. Yeah, that jumps in that fast beat. You are very right to be. That jumps in that fast beat. Yeah, that, that's there the one. Go. That's the one. I'm from Edge and Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Blooded Up. Got there in the end, right? I had to We found it, yeah. 15 minutes later. Gentlemen, this has been a fucking. Awesome interview. Do you guys have This has been the best we've done all day. Yeah. This has literally been the best. I'm so glad we came over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Do you? No, well, five star <laughs> yeah. on in like five star on in two minutes. Don't just hit panel. I literally sit here and half the, the, the sun went down. But like, You're going to be yeah. editing this for days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm just going to fucking let it go, man. It's just, just going on fucking. Do you guys have anything else you want to say or anything you want to ask us before we wrap this shit up? Well, I think um, I should probably promo our stuff. Yeah. Our record comes out on the 18th. Um, it's of, our, of uh, September, September and it is um, our first release on this label and um, what label? on Roadrunner Records um, <laughs> which is mad um, and like it would be great if people pre-ordered it um, it really means a lot to us like it because um, it proves that punk can do something again and like I, I, know, I know we have a personal investment there as well it's, 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 it's us but like I feel like us signing to Roadrunner Records means that it opens the door for lots of other labels to look at punk bands seriously and take them um, for actually what they're worth which is more than lots of the shit that's going on at the moment um, there's so many great bands in this country that are underappreciated my favourite band in this country are uh, probably Bangers and um, I think Bangers are uh, drastically underappreciated and uh, like I, I think they're incredible and I think they deserve um, a l- like they deserve to be played they deserve to be here today playing on the main stage um, I, like playing that main stage because they're an incredible band um, and I hope that what we're doing um, regardless if people like it or not we'll see that it's a good thing for punk rock and it's a good thing for this scene um, but yeah if you want to put it on the record that'd be great but um, yeah I, I, that's that's on my message is please buy the record <laughs> but uh, yeah try and see it in a way that we're not trying to sell you something or we're trying to um we're trying to do something positive with it. <laughs> yeah, Bangers played in Glasgow like Thursday night, I think, right before we left to come here. And it was our album or record release show. That record's amazing yeah. as well. <laughs> Anything else you want to say, Ian, before we. Um, I was literally on the cusp of saying pretty much what Will said, so. Okay, cool then. Right. Guys, thank you very much. It's been a fucking total pleasure. Yeah, it's been so good. Thank, thank you, you so man. Thanks for having us, man. I no worries. So Cheers. Well, I thought that was pretty great. I hope you thought so too. It was good to get a really organic chat and I do apologise for the drunkenness. Well, actually, I don't apologise for the drunkenness. That's kind of part of this whole thing. There's something nice about hearing somebody have fun and feel comfortable and have a chat about stuff with people. I think that's valuable. And I think this was one of the best chats that I've had so far and the way it spun out and it was so organic was brilliant. I enjoyed listening to it. I enjoyed conducting it. And I actually enjoyed having someone else ask questions and 
bring in another train of thought, which was, you know, a real thrill for me. As you could probably tell, Will and Ian are really nice guys and I wish them all the best. So yeah, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review this on iTunes. That'd be amazing. I'm going to play you out now with a song from the new EP, which is out in September, as Will said. It's called The Honeymoon Suite. Until next time, bye-bye. Love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 